What's up, everybody? Welcome to Moving Upstream Without a Paddle, the podcast that helps develop a mindset for success. Today, I have my really good friend, Luke Hendricks, with co-creations that I'm interviewing. Luke is an awesome guy, just great spirit, very energetic. And we, we talk a lot about our dreams and chasing those dreams and how important it is to just never give up on having these huge ambitions in life. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversations that we have and some of the points that we talk about. So without any further ado, let's just get into it. All right. So I'm here, like I said, with Luke Hendricks. Luke Hendricks. Awesome guy. Met this young man. I mean, it's probably been... It's about a year, over a year now, right? Yeah, I think so. honestly, yeah, about yeah, a little over a year. And I have to tell you that just the, the things, there's just your whole spirit, your energy is crazy infectious. And I think you know, there's 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 certain things about you know, a lot of different people that you know draw people to them, but it seems yeah. like everybody is drawn to Luke Hendricks. That's <laughs> funny. So uh, what I want to do, like I usually do with my guests, is. Just kind of open the mic up to you. I just tell your story, whatever that you know, whatever Dude. it is you want to share with with the listeners, and just kind of let us get to know who Luke Kendricks is. Totally, and thank you very much, Gary, for having me on. I really, really appreciate it, dude. Super excited to be here. Really, really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Very, very excited for the discussion and whatnot. And yeah, pretty much. I mean, a little bit about me. Um, as you kind of know, I'm a Colorado native, born and raised here. Uh, 26 years old, just had my birthday this year, which was epic, not gonna lie, it was a good time. And I feel like I'm 18 to 20, honestly, I feel young. I just, I have a lot of fun, dude. I'm, I'm, a su- I'm pretty much just an adult kid at heart, and I use my imagination constantly, and I find that's very healthy for people, honestly, in these days, dude, for real. And yeah, grew up here in town, graduated from TCA in 2013, um, crazy, crazy times, all that kind of good stuff, you know. Family life growing up was pretty average, nothing too crazy. One thing I know is that I didn't want to be my mom or dad when I grew up. And I knew too that we just, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of bigger things. You know, they just had kind of a singular focus, kind of singular vision on certain things, certain aspects in life where I was seeing light years, it seemed, you know, ahead and just thinking, you know, so much bigger outside the box than they were at the time. And so that made discussion and conversation hard too because. I was trying to project, you know, different ideas, different things, and it just wasn't working with them because, again, they just had that singular focus. And again, you know, that's due to upbringing and stuff like that as well. But I just knew I wanted to experience a lot in life, like for real, for real. And I knew, like, from a young, probably around, probably freshman to sophomore year in high school is when I probably started kind of more free thinking for myself. And really just kind of, you know, dissected who I am, who I wanted to be, what I want to do, things, you know, I wanted to accomplish, all that kind of good stuff. And something, you know, that, you know, everybody, you know, thinks about forward thinking in the future. And again, I was thinking about this freshman, sophomore year is, you know, what's going to be like written on your gravestone? What's, what are you going to be remembered for? You know, what's the legacy that you're going to leave behind? And I didn't want people to know Luke Hendricks for a singular thing. I didn't want to stay on the tombstone. Luke Hendricks was a great fireman or a great, you know, great guy or, you know, just one thing. I didn't want, you know, the eulogy to be like, oh, yeah, he worked at the same business for 40 plus years and didn't do damn anything else with his life. You know what I mean? I just, I wanted something more and something bigger, straight up. 
And it didn't really necessarily, I didn't know what that was going to be or look like. And life's definitely been crazy for me over the years. Like I said, I'm still pretty young. And I've done a lot that most people haven't. I've experienced a lot that most people haven't, uh, victories and failures. And the wisdom that's been gained along the way has been amazing. And two, the experiences of just what I've done, what I've accomplished too. Like, I know for a fact, like, if I was to die tomorrow, I know that people would come to my funeral and my eulogy, everybody would say something different about how they know me, how they interacted with me, what they, where they know me from. And I want that, I want people to, you know, have those memories and have all those different ways and walks of life that I was able to hopefully bless, you know, or touch or, you know, do something with. And I just wanted, you know, something bigger for real, for real. So graduating high school, I'm not gonna lie, like I said, I couldn't really get along with my parents too well. So as soon as I graduated, and I'm sure you can relate from your story and whatnot, dude, I got out. Like 18 and a half years old, like a week after graduation, moved out with two buddies of mine into a crap apartment. I mean, this place was, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's that first place, you know what I mean? It, it was junk. I, like, we were there for about a year and a half, and if I remember correctly, that entire time, we didn't have any kitchen cabinet doors on anything or any drawer doors for our sil- nothing. We just had it out on the counter and whatnot. Like, it was a horrible apartment. Rent was way too much. Even splitting it with two of the guys, dude. Like, it was terrible. And um, it, it was crazy time. You know what I mean? Like, we started, you know, hustling, started trying to grow weed, you know, doing that type of thing. It didn't work out very well. I'm just going to say it like that. I was working, like, two, three jobs, doing different stuff. Um, I was just doing landscaping, doing a couple other different things, too, along those lines, different home building, remodeling type stuff, too. And it wasn't, you know, not used to work. I've been working since I was about 10, 11 years old on a ranch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I kind of where my parents were living too. So I'm used to hard work, used to, you know, making things happen. And it just was something I didn't want to do forever. You know what I mean? It was that kind of end of thing, you know, with the manual labor type thing. And, and just, again, I wanted to know everything in that industry, which I can say I've done everything. I mean, I've done roofing, I've done tile, I've done plumbing. I won't touch electric. Not gonna lie, I don't want to shock myself, you know what I mean? But done landscaping, done remodeling, uh, framing, carpentry. I mean, I've done all sorts of that stuff. I mean, all great things, all great, you know, again, experiences, wisdom that I've gained over the years. But again, it wasn't the thing that it was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a little chapter. You know, it's like when we're all writing our story and writing our book, it's a chapter at a time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So all these little things, all these experiences I'm looking at as chapters. And something I knew, too, that I really wanted to do was travel wanted to you know make something bigger wanted to bless people in life as well uh wanted to leave an impact wanted to do something along with public speaking kind of stuff as well wanted to do you know something where i could get on a stage or in front of a camera just because i like you know doing sociable things and i'm not gonna lie i enjoy being in front of a camera it's fun <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a good time and so really too with that Graduating high school, figuring out kind of my first like year and a half, two years, you know, after I graduated and whatnot I was doing, it was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta switch it up. You know what I mean? It's been on this kind of chapter, you know, been been on this for a while. Gotta switch it up, gotta do something drastic. So guess what I did? You got married. No, I got homeless. <laughs> so, both very drastic. Right, very drastic is an eye-opening experience, both of them, you know what I mean? So Straight up, after being on my own for about two and a half years, uh, we had an issue at the apartments that we had moved out to and the second apartment we were at, where we had to pretty much get out of that place like now, otherwise it was gonna be not good for us. And so we dipped out, we didn't have an alternative place to go. So me and my boy Oscar, I kid you not, 
chilling in your backyard in a tent for about a month and a half, two months, literally. And it was in the wintertime. Like, I, shout out to Sportsman Warehouse and the, the, the sleeping bags they make over there, dude. I kid you not. Good those stuff. kept us alive, bro. Negative 40 degree weather. They don't lie. We were nice and toasty. But legit, we lived in a tent for about a month and a half, two months. Ordered DP dough and McDonald's cheap food, you know what I mean? Mm. For, take out to go and whatnot and had a bunch of crazy stuff happen with my dog at the time which I couldn't afford to get him fixed you know I mean it was just life was chaotic I mean life was a complete complete utter mess mm -hmm. and that's really I'm going to say honest too when for me personally when I found my relationship with God and when I really started my road my relationship with God became a believer you know really truly in my heart and really was like, all right, I don't know what else I'm doing, you know what I mean? I've tried a lot of different things. God, show me a path, show me what, you know, I'm supposed to be doing. And I kid you not, dude, started getting connected with the right people, uh, started going to church again, started, you know, really diving into the Word, started just diving into my relationship, and life started, you know, kind of changing a lot for me, I kid you not. And um, from being homeless, I moved in with three other guys in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, I know, dude, and we, kid you not, we kept that place classy. Like, we had people over all the time. They would all comment, like, there's four of you that live here. We're like, yep, yeah, we got that thing. We would like hide like, you know, the bed and, you know, the pull-out mattress, all right, that stuff. Right. And, you know, just for bedtime, you know. Right. And then, well, in bedtime, we'd, you know, hide everything and tidy it up. And we'd just paint all day. We were super hippies. And I definitely say I got a lot of perspective there. And that's really where I started, you know, really my relationship and started going to church and really started figuring out what I wanted to do and what kind of God had for me, too. And so from there, I had a crazy deal, dude, where I had a reference from somebody at the church who didn't even remember giving me the reference when I told him I got the job to go and work for a thing called Marvel Auto Glass, okay? Marvel Auto Glass, little windshield chip repair, you know, stuff like that. And, dude, it was a cool gig. I ain't going to lie. Like, it was fun. It's cool, you know, drilling into somebody's windshield, and they're all like, man, you won't shatter my windshield. And then you don't, you know, and you right, actually right. pull it off, and, you know, it's a Mercedes or something. They're all like, ooh. Good, you know, get a nice tip, you know, and whatnot. And that's when I really started, I guess, my first successful endeavor on like commission based work mm -hmm. because I wasn't getting paid hourly, it was literally based on commission. I got paid by the jobs I did, and I liked it, it was fun, and I made some good money, like for real. And even better, I was the place I was posted up was Northgate Car Wash, and then there was a crazy falling out, which was hilarious with one of the old assistant managers he had a little crybaby fit one day and he jumped on his bike stormed off and he was like i'm out and literally dude i remember it like it was nothing like i was literally at my little booth you know and the doors open to the car wash and whatnot and i'm like man if i go in there i got the job and i felt this little voice it was like getting out holy spirit god literally being like luke that's the job like if you want it it's right there the door's open and so I just walked right in. I, I was already had a pretty good relationship with not only everybody working there, but the owners too. And I was like, I'm gonna be your new assistant manager. Everybody kind of chuckled at first, you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm serious, like, what you got? Like, talk to me, Luke's got this. And um, so, I mean, I kid you not, dude, got hired there, switched over, and they were like, all right, within you know, four to six months, we'll give you a test, see if we can bump you, you know, to like really assistant manager, you know, we gotta make sure you know what you're doing. Did it within a month. Took my test, passed it, just a manager within a month. And life really started, you know, doing some different stuff for me. It was a huge blessing. And, like, met some great people, owners of the car wash, great people to this day. Have that relationship with them. Awesome, awesome individuals. And strong, strong relationship with God, all of them, for real, for real. And I was mm -hmm. like, ooh, yep, we're on the right path. We're on the right place, you know. And I did some great work there. I managed 
That plays for three years after like another six months of being assistant manager, got bumped up to full manager, and then it was me and another gentleman who was the full manager. And we had a crew of about six, seven people. So I have management experience now. I was the mechanic too, so I got a lot of mechanical experience, you know, because I had to fix everything in the car wash. Dude, I did just about everything in that place. You know what I mean? Like the other manager, he ran some of the book stuff. If anything actually happened at the car wash, it was your boy who took care of it. And I locked it down, had great relationships, like I said, with everybody, and did that for three years. Also, about two years into that, uh, I jumped into network marketing on the side, too, because I wanted to travel, and here's where the got married, you know, situation came in, and found my beautiful wife, Esther, and found, met her actually at church that we were going through at the time, too, and um, got married, and we knew we wanted to go somewhere epic for our honeymoon, so jumped into network marketing, and knew a company that deal with travel, and we had a badass honeymoon, I'm not gonna lie, dude, we tore it up, and then that was really my first time traveling kind of by myself and with someone you know i love too right. and outside of the country as well uh, opposed to like family vacations and stuff like that growing up and bro the travel bug hooked us like i kid you not from that point within three years we went on 18 vacations and again i don't know too many 20 you know at the time like 23 me being 23 like 25 26 you right. know right. this happened I don't know too many other young couples that, you know, were able to do that, you know, and it was a blast, bro. We went to Guatemala, Dominican Republic, um, we went to Cancun a bunch of times, a bunch of places throughout the U.S., met a bunch of people, crazy amount of good relationships that I still have to this day, and it was, it's just been a huge blessing, huge blessing, dude. We love, it's just, the travel's there, bro. It's just a blast, man. It's just Mm -hmm. something that, again, too, is a part of life, and again, the world's big. We don't want our only viewing glass to be, you know, Colorado Springs, right. where we're both, you know, natives from. Or Pueblo uh, and, and Denver. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wanted something a little bit extra. I wanted to see something, you know, right. and I didn't want it to be from National Geographic or from, you know, <laughs> right. video on YouTube of other people having more fun than I was. So, you know, I pulled the trigger in and I had some fun myself. And legit, dude, we tore it up. We've been to some amazing places, done some amazing excursions, experienced some amazing things. Like, dude, it's been infectious. It's been a blast. And then, too, after, you know, doing a lot of that, kind of getting perspective, uh, I actually, after three years, like I said, left the car wash with that job. And it wasn't left, like I said, with flying colors with the owners. We're still good friends to this day. Um, part of it, I will say, the other manager just kind of getting under my skin a little bit. And then, too, I just kind of felt that, you know, voice, Holy Spirit talking to me and being like, you know what? Time for another chapter. And um, I was excited. I was like, yep, I'm about it. You know, I'm about for another chapter. Been here for three years. And that was the longest I've ever stayed at one singular place. So for me, I was like, hey, you know what? I need a little switch up. And so, legit, I remember night I quit, I pulled a Michael Scott line from the office. And I literally was like, you don't know how far I can fly. And <laughs> I walked out, and we got on a plane and went to Guatemala. So I, I was pretty, I thought it was fitting. You know what I mean? Right. It, was, it was epic, bro. And um, so got back from doing that. I did lift for a little bit, too, until I totaled my car, unfortunately. I had a little bit of an accident one time on some slick ice. Be careful driving, everybody. you got to be careful on the ice, you know what I mean? Black ice is dangerous, very dangerous. And, uh, yeah, I slid. Totaled my car, unfortunately. Thank God nobody was hurt. But was like, all right, well, lift chapter's done. And I did that for about, you know, eight, nine months and made some great money doing that, too. Dude, had a lot of fun. Made some, you know, good friendships and stuff like that, too. Good connections. And uh, then, you know, again, kind of get perspective, figuring out what I wanted to do in life. I, again, wanted to do something more that was mine and more that was bigger. And again, I'm a huge person on imagination, big mm-hmm. on creativity, big on, I think, 
especially adults, dude, in this day and age, need to tap into their inner child. They need to jump in with that imagination because it's therapeutic, dog. Like, for real. Yeah. Like, get some Legos out. Like, build something, you know? Like, be creative. Expand your mind. Start thinking outside of that small perspective or small box, you know what I mean, that you've been programmed or trained into doing. And so... Uh, my wife and I have been too, again, with lesson learning, you know, it's never done and you're always growing in life. So we went through a period of some more growth, some more hardships, and we hit some crazy financial troubles pretty much through end of last year, kind of into the beginning of this year, up until about honestly a couple months ago. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, faith alone really got us through that. I mean, I'll be honest. And that was a really powerful testimony too that we have now as well. And yeah, just had some crazy, crazy kind of financial stuff happen for real, for real. And in that time, too, it was even more time for us to not only gain wisdom, but get perspective on what my wife and I really wanted to do with our lives, you know, more in kind of a long run kind of, you know, sense and what we kind of wanted to gear for in kind of a long game, you know, and I haven't really hadn't really dived into that at, you know, that point, you know, in life too much. And I was like, you know, this is a good time to actually dive into this, you know. And so thinking about it, uh, my uncle actually had moved to Colorado from Texas about close to two years ago now, today. And when he moved out here originally, I mean, we had talked, and both my uncle and I are kind of the black sheep of the family. You know, we're both those crazy boys, so you right. know, we do our thing, and we just make stuff happen. And both have vivid imaginations, want to make, you know, stuff, love being creative. And we had talked about going into business for ourselves back when he first came out to Colorado. Now, when everything was going down, my wife and I, my uncle and I were literally sitting today talking and chilling one day, and we were like, yo, you know what? We should just launch our business. And something we had been talking about, you know, up until that point was 3D printing. And um, we had done some more research, you know, up until that point, dove into even more research for about another two months, you know, on what we wanted to get, what we wanted to do with everything. And we were like, yeah, let's let's make our own company. Let's focus it on 3D printing and make some really cool products because we can literally, I mean, creativity and imagination is really at our fingertips at that point. And then from that too, I make some handmade awesome jewelry. My wife and I are very artistic too. We make some other things, other products too that we sell. And so my uncle and I, we created Co-Creations. And that is my business that I run now. I'm an owner. It's freaking awesome, dude. And I love it. Like, it's a great feeling. And it is so purposeful fulfilling mm -hmm. um very different from anything else that i've done or experienced in my life because not only is it truly truly for me as far as being like an entrepreneur but also again it it scratches that itch of creating stuff mm -hmm. and actually making something that's tangible that's there you know what i mean it's a product it's a, it's a whatever you want it you know to be really i mean i can make just about anything and it's thrilling like it really is and it's something that i'm gonna both just dove i mean head first into and got our hands all up in and it's just we love it like 3d printing world is vast and two here you know being in colorado springs there's not very many people doing 3d printing someone may have a 3d printer but no one's doing it or trying to make a business out of it or right. doing what we're doing with co-creations and it's been fun we literally have had our business now owned and operating for about five months or so four or five months i mean we established 2020 baby so some people may say this year's been many things but again it's kind of how you look on it it's perspective and it's what you choose to do and again we saw mad opportunity and you got to strike when opportunity is hot and you got to you know open the door when it's knocking and so yeah. we that's what we did and it's been kind of our focus and what we've been kind of striving for since then and i've been kind of doing a couple of other little minor things on the side too with some different friends and working on helping a buddy with his fencing company currently right now too, Elevate Fencing, and 
it's been a blast, dude. Honestly, it's been fun. I can get out in the sun, you know what I mean? Right. Like getting my workout on and it's 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 good work, it's fun work, it's easy, and it helps me get everything with co-creations where I want it to be faster. Right. So that's that's my story in a nutshell, Garrett. That's that's kind of what I got, bro. You're sticking to it? Sticking to it, man. Cool, man. There's Put a, a couple, stamp on it, approved. There's a couple things that you said, so that just kind of stuck out with me, right? Yeah, So obviously you know that this the podcast is, is geared mainly towards mindset, right? Absolutely. And so we can see some things in your whole story that that just pop out that <coughs> first and, and you know you, you you contribute to getting you know getting back into the relationship with god and getting back in church and Absolutely. and really that to me is, is a flip in the mindset right when it you is. when you start going i mean just christianity or, or any type of spirit i'm going to just say yeah. spiritual aspect at all it tends to flip you from a negative aspect to a positive aspect right very true and so when you turn that focus to being so I was the same way, you know, because I ran away from home when I was 16. Yeah. I, I lived in an apartment. We actually had cabinets, you know, doors on our cabinets, but we had no door, bro. I kid you not. That's, that's a true story, man. But we didn't have a dish. We didn't have a, a washing machine, so nope. we we actually washed our clothes in the dishwasher nope. Nope. and then strung a uh, been there, brother, hose around the apartment. All day long. And hung. So yeah, you know, I get it. But there was always this thing, and I think this is where you and I really connect. Is there was always this thing with me. And I wrote about it in in my in my the ebook Moving Upstream Without a Paddle, the book. Where Which phenomenal book, by the way. If you haven't gotten your copy, you need to get it because phenomenal. Continue. Thank you for that. It is. I mean, it's good, dude. It's good stuff you got in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes to it goes right down to the point that even at that young age, a really good friend of mine, Steve. He's he's to this day my my kids call him Uncle Steve. He's yeah. he's my yeah. best friend, right? But we. Every night we would up, we stay up late, late nights. Just had these dreams and these, these, these ambitions that we wanted to accomplish in life. Yep. And so, you know, as long as you have those dreams and those ambitions, there's always a way for you to start moving forward. And when you can flip it, whether it's in the spiritual aspect or in any aspect, once you start chasing those dreams, yep. things just really start to happen. And, and with you at such a young age, being the manager of you know, the car wash or whatever, yep. I mean, that's, you were young. I was, dude, for real. I mean, honestly, it, it's true. And for what I was doing, dude, like I kid you not, I was, that was the only time in my life where I've been quote unquote, you know, forced into having to do some electrician work because again, I'm the only guy on site doing stuff. Yeah. I learned a lot of skills at that job for real from, you know, running some of the bookend stuff, you know what I mean? On, you know, the actual, you know, tax and things to do with that kind of stuff. I'll admit that wasn't my favorite. I like doing stuff more with my hands, you know, it's just kind of who I am. From that though to literally, I mean, every single aspect of the entire car wash, and a lot of people be like, "Oh, it's a little car wash." Got my little car through. It's no, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. Like right. it is a lot of moving pieces and a lot of fine details. And if you don't pay attention to those details, things run tear, things break, things bad things happen. I'm just gonna be honest. And I was the boy who made it all better when bad things would happen, you know? And I legit, I made that car wash run very smoothly right. for three years, dude. Like yeah. we rocked it out and it's sad. It's not quite the same. It was, you know, the, the day when I was running it, it's changed a little bit, but yeah. as things do, you know what I mean, yeah. man? It's not the, not the same charm as it had, but right. it's okay. Right. Well, so, but so yeah, so, but you were still progressing forward. And what's, what's interesting, and I was doing the same thing. And so there's a lot of commonalities, right? I, I went from a lot of stuff. My first love was in, I wanted to be an architect, so I was in architecture and 
kind of went there and things happened and I changed this job and went to that job and did, went to this job. But um, I was still progressing forward towards whatever dream I had. And this is it's the same type of thing yeah. that you have. But there's something that I know about you that I, I want to bring into this because I think it's another an important piece to... So there's the mindset, right? And then there's also an aspect of how people live their lives. And so and um, I was having this discussion with somebody else just the other day about, and I've talked about it on the podcast too, about living, the difference between living, living on a competitive plane mm. and that on a creative plane. Yeah. And so this is what's so interesting about you is that when you go through all, whatever, whatever venture, you know, you decide to do that week, you're doing it on a creative aspect, right? Awesome. You're not in, you're not in competition with anybody. You're saying, Hey, if you want to come with me, you can come with me. Right. And that's, that was the beauty about I know you, I know your journey through network marketing, but there's a piece to network marketing that you didn't bring out on here. That, Not yet. That, <laughs> I think it's very important because I think it really describes who, who Luke Luke Hendricks is, right? And that's your, um, you know, when you were building the the bottle schools. Yeah. So can can you talk a little bit about the bottle schools and that experience? Because yeah. I, because it really is. When I talk about creative, I talk about collaboration, right? To me, yeah. that's what creative is, is we're working together to make things happen. And and what better way than to, that, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's totally huge yeah, collaboration. I mean, so with uh, with the model schools in Guatemala, I built two uh, different schools now, or I've, I've been a part of the building phases on two different schools in Guatemala and two different villages and communities down there. And I'm in love with Guatemala. I'll be honest with you, out of a lot of the vacations I've been on, trips I've taken, I really like Guatemala. It's an amazing, amazing country, amazing culture, amazing people, phenomenal history, and it's just, it grabs you, dude. It's just really, really hands-on. And the experience I did was very hands-on. So um, first time I was down there for about eight days, uh, second time I was down there for about 10 days. And um, we, this was with actually the network marketing uh, company that I was doing travel with. Uh, this is a really cool uh, thing that you option that you could do if you wanted to do a little bit more and give back. We were partnered um, with a lot of different nonprofits worldwide. I was very drawn to the Guatemala ones because I had a couple friends who had been on some of those trips, told me about their experiences. A really cool cat though, his name is Tony. Shout out to my man Tony. Tony Carolina is a true disciple and a true uh, true warrior, and that guy. Is a beast, and he really got my wife and I really committed and wanted to go down to Guatemala. And he's really went down there twice, and definitely want to go back for sure. And for a lot of people, and it was just his um, kind of like you're saying, you know, I have that that energy that just draws people together, and that again with my company co-creations, you know, it's that co-creativeness. You know, it's little he he just you know encompassing that. You literally like I want to co-create and co-make things with people right. and leave that legacy. So we go down to Guatemala and we spent a couple days literally going out to one of the rural villages in Guatemala. And again, you learn a lot when you go on this trip from the actual communities themselves, which I love hands-on experiences and I love hands-on history from people who were there, saw it, seen it, did it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Their ancestors, like I like the hands-onness. It's no Wikipedia encyclopedia, like this is the most tangible aspect you're gonna get to, you know, closest to this type of history that they have down there. And we go down to one of these rural communities where they have no um, no trash system of any kind. They burn pretty much all their garbage, uh, or they just have mass landfills everywhere. Which I mean, it's crazy. You'll be driving down some of those roads on some of those bigger long drives, and you'll be like, "Man, this is gorgeous." And then you'll turn a corner, and it's 
mountain of just trash. And you're like, what? How is this next to that gorgeous mirror? It doesn't make sense, but they have literally no trash system. The government doesn't supply it. Uh, along that, with that too, there's really not an education system past like third grade. Um, the government is very uh, just controlling, we'll say it like that, very controlling of their people and they like to limit the education that their people have, especially in those rural communities where the main things you got is farming. I mean, you got agricultural and that's about it. Like you're farming for like rice or beans or corn. That's, that's what you got, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of it. And uh, so a lot of corn, a lot, a lot of corn. And you trade a lot of your different products with the other communities, you know what I mean? That's kind of the way of life. And it's very simplistic and the people are so happy mm -hmm. and so giving and so kind and just amazing. And I love a simple living life. I really do nowadays. I really love that simplistic kind of style of living, honestly, too. And so we go down there and we go to one of these communities and we literally take all the trash in the area. We recycle it into 16 ounce water bottles. We make eco-friendly bricks. It takes about two, two and a half hours to pack each individual water bottle full of trash till they're rock hard like a brick. Then for a three room school, it's about 10,500 or so wow. bottles. Wow that we then line up in chicken wire and then encase in cement and we make a school that way, dude. And we literally, the uh, the columns, the forms, everything like that, we hand bend rebar, we hand make all the columns, like there are no power tools from start to finish. We hand make all the concrete, we hand make all the rebar, bend it, set it, dig all the holes, everything, dude, line everything out, screwed all the concrete. Um, I mean, everything, do all the hand tying of all the 10,000 bottles, like literally that, that provides the insulation for the school. Mm -hmm. And another thing too with the volcanoes and the earthquakes down there on the fault lines, they have a lot of earthquakes. Mm -hmm. So these schools with the bottles, it actually gives them a bit of a compression, right. so it makes them uh, more earthquake resistant. So these bottle schools will literally last 50 years plus, dude, for real. Nice. And uh, the Norwood Marketing Company I was part of is made to date over 130 schools completed down there in Guatemala. And like I said, I've been a part of two different, you know, uh, schools down there, two different phases. And then two, the other time you're down there, you do some really hands-on cultural stuff. Uh, we went down to the capital city of ancient Mayan ruins, Ichimche, or Axtamut, and you learn a lot. You do a really cool ancient Mayan ceremony. You learn a lot about the ancient Mayans, which it's kind of crazy. They were very similar, in my opinion, to uh, Old Testament Christians, honestly. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting when you start learning a lot of their history and you have that hands-on kind of right. experience and that tangibility to ask questions to people who actually know and you know have that were there you know or that descendant of theirs you know we're able to tell them everything as well and amazing place again it's just really really cool and the bottle school aspect dude like we're providing education for these kids where it wouldn't be otherwise and with the bottle schools not are we just putting them you know up to like maybe you know middle school literally we can get them all the way through high school with these bottle schools and then they can go to the bigger cities that they want to actually get a college degree and then actually have a chance to do different things own their own business do different stuff because again there's not a lot of industry in guatemala it's a agricultural country it really is like there's antigua guatemala city there's not so many other ones really where you're going to find much industry or much stuff. And a lot of the industry there is American industry brought over. I mean, I kid you not. <laughs> Wendy's, McDonald's, all Guatemalan-style food. But that's American companies that came in, bought the land, right. put down the stuff. There's not very many Guatemalan-owned industries or Guatemalan-owned businesses, you know, the things that are out that. And they need that. I'll be honest. To move ahead for them, they need that. They really, really do. 
And again, you learn about the civil war that happened in Guatemala. You learn about migration. It's just, it's a very hands-on experience and very eye-opening, like too, for real. And uh, again, a thrill. I highly recommend it to a lot of people. And you can still go actually down there with Guatemala with Hug It Forward. That's the nonprofit that we're partnered with. Mm -hmm. And if you want to check them out, you can go to servetheworldtoday.org and you can check out their whole story, what they're doing, what they're working on. You can see the upcoming trips that they have available. And Hug It Forward's beast. I mean, Hug It Forward is where it's at. They make things happen. And I've, through them, it's crazy. I was able to then do a couple different, I emceed four different music festivals, I think, dude, to raise money for the bottle schools. And we've raised over like probably 10 grand or so total from those different events that we did for the, and we did all Colorado local musicians, all Colorado bands, dude. And we broadcasted it to like over 40 countries around the world, wow. man. I mean, and the relationships I got from that with all these different bands. I mean, I'm, I'm, my wife and I are friends with some of these different band members to this day and their families, you know yeah. what I mean, that we got from that experience. And then too, on the network marketing side, the company that I'm part of, um, I was able to speak my story and really speak on behalf of the foundation side of what they were doing. Uh, for some of the bigger regional training events for the actual company, like the big time events. Uh, my biggest crowd that I spoke in front of was a little over 500 people, dude, and that felt great. Like, it felt awesome sharing that story about Guatemala, what we're doing down there, in front of that, in front of that room, I'll be honest. And mm -hmm. that, very thankful for that, honestly, very, very thankful. And like you said at the beginning, it, that, that was, that's a great experience of really making things together and collaborating on something bigger and leading a legacy like i kid you not uh, my boy victor uh 12 year old when i first met him went back to the original village when i went down the second time so you know he's 13 went back a year later that kid's a beast i don't know what he's gonna do yet he doesn't know what he's gonna do he's gonna do something big I mean, awesome. that, that kid that kid's a beast dude and i want to go down and visit him again and again man like that whole community awesome both communities i visited just you, you get to know these people and it's not like a quick little relationship thing. It's like, man, you know them for life now. Like, yeah. You show up 10 years, 20, it doesn't matter. You'll still be homies, you'll still be friends. Like it's it's an impact that is left when you work alongside these communities to build something that benefits them right. that much right. and really drastically changes their lives that much. Right. So no, it was big time, dude, for real, for real. And thank God that I was able to go honestly on those experiences. I kid you not, man. That's awesome. So there's, and there's another piece. So. In, in in my experience and in my the you know in the studies that I've done for just developing you know mindsets and mindsets towards success or mindsets towards just just being happy right yeah there's there's things and you kind of said it a little bit in, in the very beginning where you were talking about your mom and your dad and how they were you know kind of in this I'm gonna do things the way or we want you to do things the way that everybody's always done things yeah. and what I find interesting is you were like, but I don't want the same things that come from doing yeah. things the way other people have always been doing things. Exactly. And exactly. I have, you know, it's it's a, it's well known in, in in the circles of in, of mindset coaches and life coaches that if you keep doing the things that you're doing, you're gonna keep getting the things that you're getting, right? Yeah. And so without a doubt, without a doubt. And so there's this piece that, but. We're programmed, we're trained, but this is the way we're supposed to be going. But, it, but you don't have to. Yeah. You can yeah. you can be a Luke Hendricks and yeah. say, I want something more out of life. And well, it goes along with you're saying too. The the mindset of competition versus um, creative, mm -hmm. you know, creativity. You know right. what I mean? And your your motive kind of stuff. And I kid you not, dude, when you said when you're not trying to compete with somebody and you just focus on yourself and who you are, what you want to do, mm -hmm. the world, that, like. 
at your fingertips because you've eliminated the judgment other people have and you worrying about that now. You've eliminated you comparing yourself to anybody else. You've eliminated all these different you know things that are holding you back and you can now flow and focus on what or who you are and what you're actually doing with the path that you're currently trying to strive and go for. Right. And I mean, for instance, I'm a huge anime fan, love Dragon Ball Z, you know, whatnot. It's like Goku and Vegeta. I mean, for instance, Goku focuses on Goku, and Goku just focuses, his motive in his fighting style is protect the people I love. You know what I mean? It's protect my friends and family. That's why I have to be the strongest, is to protect them, because I love them. You know what I mean? So it's love. Now, he's not ever like, I have to be better than this person, or that he doesn't give a crap. He loves the people he loves. He wants to keep them safe. Right. Vegeta, when he gets introduced, especially in the beginning, and Goku's better than him, defeats him, and then you know goes Super Saiyan for him, all this other stuff too. Vegeta's in this endless loop of frustration where he's in that competitive ring, and all he wants to do is beat Goku, and Goku's just ascending because he's not worried about competition, and that's why he keeps ascending. Right. And Vegeta doesn't understand that till way later on, and honestly, in my opinion, Dragon Ball Super, when he finally lets go, and he he realizes, you know what, I'm gonna be who I am. Goku can do his own thing. Right. We can still do what we do. It's not gonna be my driving force for why I need to get stronger anymore. Right. And he turns, honestly, Vegeta turns to then caring about his family. Like his his whole pride, he leaves kind of aside and then really goes more into the protection role too of loving and caring for his wife, his son, his daughter, you know what I mean? Like right. he cares about his family. So it, it totally is about that different switch. And in my opinion too, if you're focusing on the competitive game and always trying to be the best, you lose sight and you don't live in the present and you don't get to enjoy anything in the present and you don't get to, you don't really get to take anything in or you're just always focused on the future. Right. And then if you're always focused on the future, you never actually live your life. And then two, someone's gonna be better. Like, I'm sorry, like someone, someone's gonna be better. Unfortunately, we don't live in the Dragon Ball Z world where there's only one Goku. Like someone's always gonna be better, you yeah. know what I mean? And if they don't come around today, they might come around in 10 years, five, you know, whatever the time is, someone will always surpass the thing that there is. Yeah. I mean, I forget the, the the Olympian runner, you know, in the whatever, 1900 Olympics, who the mile, I think it was like, no one can, you know, run the mile in under like five or four, four minutes. minutes. Four minutes, yep. It, it's unfathomable. No one could ever do it. And then he does it. And then within like two more Olympics, everybody's beating the time by like a whole nother minute. Right. And it's just because the guy had to break down that barrier wall in the mind right. that it's unfathomable, you can't do it. And other runners were like, well, shit, I wonder if I can now beat his time. And that's healthy, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, you progress past that, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you need that. You don't need those limiting barriers. And again, too, it's it goes in until what you're saying, you know, it's kind of parents. And again, the way you're programmed. And not even my parents, just in general parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how they were programmed, too. What their parents really were focused on. And how that's really what they were upbrung with. And their programming. And you can make that a parent. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't realize that created a lot of frustration and arguments, I'm not going to lie, but when you realize the programming that happens, you can realize why people think the way they think and why people, you know, are dead set on certain things and have that more kind of singular mindset on that little tiny perfect circle or little tiny box that they live in. And, you know, it's fine or whatever, but again, for me, I wanted... I wanted the huge. I wanted. I didn't want no limits on anything. I didn't want no barriers. Again, right. I wanted to have every, you know, just be able to do or whatever I wanted to. You know what I mean? Experience really whatever. And with that too, 
Yeah, I think that, you know, parents, schooling, uh, peers, you know, whatnot too, people try to gear you into what they think you should do or what they think would be best for you, you know what I mean? And it's all good and fun to, you know, give people healthy advice, you know, and good criticism as well, you know what I mean, if you're tight with somebody as well too. But to a point, you have to do what you want to do. Right. You can't let people run your life for you. Right. You know, I mean, you're just gonna be frustrated the whole time. And then, too, when you're older and then you're mad and upset about it, you're gonna be looking for your friends for answers. They're 30. They got their own damn lives. This isn't high school anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you have to figure it out now on your own. Like, and that's gonna be a hard wake up call too. And really, I feel you know a lot of the, a lot of the you know different like quote unquote midlife crises and different things like that too. I feel it kind of happen from mindsets and how people either overcome or get lost in the mindsets from different variable things happening. You know right. what I mean? Dude, they, don't get me wrong. Bad things happen to everybody. Like, it, there's hard days for everybody. Everybody right. experiences that hard time. Everybody's been through hardships. Everybody's been through hard times. But you you got to keep pushing. I mean, you got to keep striving. It, it's For me, I kind of look at it as I can't let whatever I'm doing, you know what I mean, beat me. Right. Like if I do, that thing won then. Yeah. So like for instance, if I'm if I'm you know, you can always quit with dignity. Don't get me wrong. If you're doing a job, you know whatnot. Like no, that's not the same thing. But it's like you can't necessarily just go, oh I got this, you know I got that, and then don't. You know what I mean? You actually got to work for it. You got to work for it. Yeah. And I just think that more people need to really, as self-centered as it may sound focus on themselves mm -hmm. and who they really are. Because if you're living this life that someone else created or designed for you, that's not really you. And you're gonna end up in frustration right. at some point along the road. Yeah. Because at some point you're gonna snap and you're gonna be like, this isn't me. This isn't what I want. This is what I wanna do. This isn't what I want my life to look like. And depending on the age, depending on who you've established yourself and the social groups you're in, that could be a hard wake up call. Yeah. You know what I mean, dude, for real. And I think that, it, when the hard times come, it's mad key important to, in my opinion, find something that you can have to hold on to that brings you joy and that you can convert your your focus and what your mind's focusing on in those times. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, everybody's, like I said, had those bad days. And if you keep thinking about all those bad thoughts and you keep thinking about the, oh, and then this happened, then you just start, you just keep down on spiraling. You know, you keep digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper and it's harder to get out of it. You know what I mean? The couch is all of a sudden 10 times comfier, <laughs> takeout's 10 times easier, yeah. life's 10 times better alone, but it's not. You know what I mean? It's just people start lying to themselves, you know? And it's just, it's harder to pull yourself out of that, especially if you're, by yourself and you're not trying to get your mindset changed and you're not doing things that bring you joy yeah. and I mean joy is a huge aspect in people's lives that I think people need to have and again it can be anything like for, if it's hunting go hunting yeah. you know what I mean yeah. instead of doing it once a year maybe do it like four times a year yeah Start, you know like why are you limiting yourself to the thing that brings you joy right I don't get why people do that you know so many times in life it's all oh, work my ass off you know what I mean and you know regret everything in my family life and then we'll have that one vacation a year and that's cool for a week and then we come back to hating each other in our lives yeah that's not the experience you kind of have the experience that there's something you said one me yeah. and touch base on this i i believe that you can focus on your you can hold space for yourself focus totally. on yourself that doesn't mean that you're self-centered or selfish because i don't you know holding space for yourself doesn't mean you don't that you don't hold space for other people right so as you're working on your happiness and really 
when you determine your happiness, it helps you to bring joy to others. It does. Because you can't expect someone else to be happy around you if you're not happy around yeah. you. Yeah. Right? You're so putting off some <laughs> negative vibes, bro. Right. So you be pounding all the time. Nobody wants to be around that. Yeah, it's so hard to have fun around somebody you're So pounding. lift yourself up, build you yourself do. that energy, yeah. and then people will rise yeah. to you. But but so there's that. So yes, focus on yourself. Do that. And then um oh I just lost my other train of thought. There's something else you said that just that was vitally important. Joy, something along those lines, something along. Well, yeah, joy, yeah, I mean, obviously joy. Obviously, yeah. joy is I was just joy. trying to spark your mind, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's the, uh, so there's there's the interesting thing when you're talking about the mindset, and, um, and I, I think you could probably, you know, agree with this, and this is probably something when you were talking about, you and Esther went through, your your quick hard times and a lot of people will tend to just focus on the on the hard yeah. times and that's what happens you know when you focus on that and I've talked about the science of that many times on here so I might as well just do it one more time right <laughs> so, so when, in, you, maybe. when you have those thoughts and it's just really important because once you once you are aware of what's going on yep. it you can start to make the changes so what you know what's going on is that when you're those thoughts that you're having when you're focusing on your current results. The things that are bringing you down and you focus on that it that your conscious mind just drives that into your subconscious and then generates feelings and that your actions are based on whatever you're feeling at the time yeah. so if you're depressed you're going to sit on the couch and that couch is going to get a little bit more comfier right and then with those actions it's not driving you anywhere but into the that couch because you're going oh my results aren't changed i exactly. suck so you're not going to go sit on the couch more and you you do that's where the spiral comes but i think what's interesting is that you know i've been through some hard times you've been through yeah. some hard times but what what never changed was that my thought was always on the future yeah. and, and i'm going to i'm going to say this because you were like people focusing on the future but there's a difference there's absolutely there is there's the difference from focusing on it and then getting consumed by it. Yeah. People who get consumed by the future are the ones who, again, they don't get to enjoy the present. Yeah. People who focus on the future, you need to have future goals. That, that's what kind of helps, I feel, drive you in the present to accomplish the things you're supposed to accomplish, you right. know, and what the path you're on. Right. So you need to definitely have, you know, that focus. But it should be that it's, it's the consumption. Yeah. It's when it becomes an addic addiction that yeah. you're just always in the future and you're not living in the present that it... I feel it can be dangerous, you know what I mean? But you need, absolutely, you need that future driving goal. You need to yeah. know what you're working for for yourself and what you're trying to achieve. You, know? right. you well, need to set that up. With, with, with the mindset piece, so there's, a, there's an actual way, you know, to act to, you know, if you want to call it quantum leaps, you want to call it collapsing time or whatever, there's a way to focus on the future but live in the present, right? And that's essentially, and this is, this is a hard concept that a lot of people just don't understand. Um, but once you do, and, and I've talked about this too, is is biblical, right? So once you understand that when you have this future goal, you have this dream, and let's just say that alone is just a prayer. We're just going to say that alone, yeah. that want, that wish, because God knows your heart, right? Totally. So that alone is just a prayer. You know, the Bible says that when you're done praying, get up as if it's already happened. So, Absolutely. So that's the collapsing of time. That's that's what I call it's that belief. It's yeah. that faith. Is your living asked for what you right. have asked your Creator, your Father for what you are striving for on that path too? Because again, as a believer, what you're trying to do, especially in your works and in your life, you're trying to bring joy. You know what I mean to your Father. You're trying to, you know, the more things into the more hardships that I've 
experience in life, quote unquote, people look at failures. I again look at wisdom and I look at ways I can relate to more people. But really, it's I look at ways that I can take the focus off of me and put the glory back to God. And I look at ways that uh, a buddy of mine actually were talking about this this morning. Lev, uh, we were talking about how uh, your your shortcomings really allow you to magnify God's majesty, you know, and majesty, sorry, and his power and his love, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it, it takes away the woe is me or the look at me or the anything, and it puts it something, something way bigger and right. way more powerful than you or anybody else. Right. And two, when you have that release and you have that belief and you're, you know, actively working on that relationship and it's a work in progress. Again, it's never complete, you know what I mean? It's always a work in progress. Um, I, I think that it's for sure you have to have that trust. You got to have that belief, you know what I mean? And like you're saying, when you're praying and what you're asking for and what you're doing in life as you're trying to bring joy, you know, to your father and to, you know, his kingdom as you're trying to expand it, you you want to do good, you know what I mean, by your father. So the things you're asking for, the things that are, you know, truly in your heart that, you know, God looks at, that's really, you know, looks at what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you need to, you know, not only act on, but, you know, really, you know, trust on and focus on for real. Mm-hmm. And I think that, it, again, the, when you start listening to your heart, I feel your mindset improves. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's this. Well, I'll get there. <laughs> we just got excited. Yes. So there's, okay, so one, I heard this in this statement, because you were talking about failures, right? And then there's this, I wish I could tell you who said it, but it's escaping me right now. But so failure is not a person. It's an event. Yeah, I like that. I've never heard that. I've never heard that look on it, but it's true. It's like a dot on a timeline. I mean, I give you that for real. Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. You You had a failed event, but you are still, you know, God's child, you're not a failure. Nope. So there's that. Isn't it interesting though how people get caught up in the failures and how they'll let a failure stunt them and literally predetermine their future for them from ever trying again, ever getting back up on the horse, you know, ever pursuing that further. People will run into failures one time, you know, from one aspect or thing they're going for in life and it'll completely shut them down i've never understood that because i can tell you i feel it's people again i mean i should say that i understand why you know what i mean but me as you know who i am i've never understood how people you know get so hooked up on that and really look at the as the end because again like you just said a failure is an event it's not over unless you quit you know what i mean and if you quit on bad terms yeah that can do some stuff to you mentally you know what i mean into your heart for sure but like it's not over till you give up, give up. and you give up and you're like I'm no longer until you give up it's not over, and people look at a failure as as it you know I mean like this event quote unquote is the one it's done it's over and it blows me away how people get caught up in that and lose sight of you know not only maybe the progress they had mm-hmm. you know that they had grown up to that point you know they lose sight of all the positive and all the you know good on that journey because of the one failure and that was something too that I again with my story and with my life and with my you know young quote-unquote failures I wanted to use to again be able to relate to people because mm. it, it's a good way to connect you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's a good way to be able to break down those barriers of trust you know for people and let them know you're genuine 
for real. You know what I mean? Especially if you've experienced stuff. You know I mean, it just is. So I would definitely agree with you for real. So the failure piece, so there's an interesting thing that happens. So when, when people set out on a goal or whatever ambition they have, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, about the programming that's happening. Yeah, right? cool. you know, we're, we're told so many times before we're at the age of 18, like 400,000 times, before the age of 18, that things we can't do, right? So we as a society so true. are raised with a bunch of, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm not able to, I'm not able to, I'm not able to. So what happens is when people go after these goals, they don't believe they can they can do it. And so sure. when they hit that first failure, and this is what happens. So when your self-image is set at a certain place, your mind and your body is not going to let you go past that self-image. So if you believe you can't do something and then you hit that first failure, what your mind does is it looks for anything to justify your belief. So that failure is a justification of the belief that you can't go any further than where your self-image is at. And so that's why that one failure is like, I give up, because now they just had justification. Yep. So there's a yeah, difference sure. like your belief system is, and you said it, I don't, I'm not going to let something defeat me, because I don't care what failure it is, I have a goal that I'm going to, uh, and, and I know I can accomplish exactly. that. So your self-image is already up there, so your little failures... They're not justifications for anything. Your, your justification is going to be when you hit that goal. It's like, yep, I knew I could do it, and boom, it's there. Yep. Well, it's like, I mean, I think it's Wayne Nugent who said the quote, it's, uh, you will only succeed to the limit of your own belief. Yeah. And it, without a doubt, so true. And, I mean, you're saying it too, especially as you're striving out for new things and new ventures in life, like you just said. We've been told growing up from being, you know, in kindergarten, don't do that. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Well, what can I do? Can I mean, do? Only the things I want you to do. You know right. what I mean? And I just never sat well with me. It never sat well with me, dude. I mean, for instance, my high school alone, I think I changed like four different things in the student handbook <laughs> just because of different things that I pushed the envelope on right. and, was, and was able to validly argue my point. You know right. what I mean? Right. And it, it's not out of, you know, disrespect or anything, but it's just kind of like, okay are you like trying to educate me or are you trying to program me into a little drone and it's not about the programming into a little drone i'm all about education everybody needs that you yeah, know what yeah, i mean no, you need to get educated especially in my opinion if there was one i mean if there was one class to focus on alone it'd be history in my opinion mm -hmm. because again if you don't know history you're doomed and bound to repeat it yeah. and history is too where we learn a lot of that inspiration and those driving factors of where we are today you yeah. know especially too and history is powerful, for real. And you look at it then in your day-to-day -day life, you are writing history. You are writing your own history books. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Things you do could literally wind up in history books that will you know, be looked at upon other people and stuff like that too. You never know. And then you take it to a biblical and to a spiritual aspect, you're writing the next books of the Bible. Like, we're living it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like we're literally living in in this world you know yeah. we're living on this path in this next chapter and so it's you know when you kind of take that you kind of got to take a little ownership in my opinion yeah. you know and get excited because it's cool that's a really cool thing it's a really cool time and the the power that we have with our free will and what we can choose to do with our lives dude like for real man like people and i know we've talked about this many times people are creative People have so many great ideas, so many great things, so many, so many stuff that people do and have accomplished to this day. And I haven't accomplished whatever, you know what I mean? Like, right, like right. people are great, okay? 
And so many people in the masses, when they have a good idea, or they have something that's their passion, or they have something that they want to do with their lives, and if it doesn't, at that moment, make them dollar sign, cha-ching, cha-ching, moolah, never gonna happen. And it's sad, because I've always said to myself, and I'm so thankful for this, and I try to tell everybody else, Follow your passion and the money will come. Your followers, your fan base, or whatever you're trying to do, it will come if you're following your passion. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Twitch exists? (laughs) Literally, people spend time watching other people play the video games just for the commentary of them doing the video games. Right, right. That person is passionate about what they're doing. You get what I'm saying? That person playing a video game, running their Twitch channel, isn't anybody woo special, did anything razzle-dazzle. They are passionate about something that is their craft that they really love, that they wanted to make following around, mm-hmm. and they did. Yeah. There, people will buy anything. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's though. true. People will buy literally anything. I mean, there are ridiculous products out there, <laughs> nonsense products out there that have sold hundreds upon millions upon thousands. You know what I mean? Like, it's just people will buy just about anything. Mm-hmm. So don't get so wrapped up in that this has to make money right now and it has to retire me or supplement my income right now when you have a good idea. Mm-hmm. When you have got an idea, pursue pursue the next steps. Yeah, it's a process. Nothing in your life, people too, especially in this day and age, are so caught up in that microwave mentality. Oh, yeah. I mean, bro, like, okay, microwave's cool. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A hot pocket is nice. Like 12 a.m. I need a little something, something. <laughs> hot pockets. <laughs> But, like, don't ever try to tell me that that Hot Pocket is better than oven-roasted turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Right. It takes hours. Right. It takes hours. It takes, you know, all day to cook and marinate and get those juices all bubbly and everything nice. Right. And that's a dish worth having. That, that's the one everybody right. talks about. Like, to this day, people talk about, oh, I had Thanksgiving 20 years ago and we had this happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's, it's an event. You know, that's a dish. People get stuck in that microwave mentality where they need it right now. They're not willing to wait. They're not willing to wait for the Thanksgiving turkey. They're not willing to give it a little bit of time for their own ideas or their own projects that they're working on to come to fruition or for the seeds that they've planted to actually grow. Yeah. That's the thing, too. I got my uncle, Uncle Royal in Montana. That was freaking like around a 5,000-acre Black Angus cattle ranch with hay and barley that he does as well, okay? And, like, if he was so focused on, oh, I have to make money, everything like that, it was... All the animals would die, the crops wouldn't get plowed, and nothing would go on. You right, get what I'm right, saying? Right. Focuses on the ranch. Right. Ranch takes care of them. You right. get what I'm saying? Yeah. And farming, if he went out on the ranch and just threw out a bunch of seeds in the field and then expected crops the next day or didn't water them or didn't take care of them, again, bro, like you got kind of look at that in a farmer mentality, especially when you're doing your own venture and you're on your own voyage or your own project that you're doing, I feel. Because... If you don't, who is? Right. No one else is going to take care of it. This yeah. isn't this isn't their baby that they made. You know, this isn't their project that they're working on. This isn't this is you. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. This is your thing. You know. And yeah, farmers can hire helping hands to help plow the seeds and take care of the ranch. You know. But like again, that takes more responsibility. Yeah. And then you got to be able to take care of those helping hands. You know what right. I mean? Too. Right. So it, it's all in steps. It's all a process. You can't expect the overnight thing to happen or the overnight success story. Like, the overnight success story happens from years in preparation. Yeah. It just does. Like, I kid you not. Kid Cudi, for instance, great artist. When he released Day and Night, that went viral within 24 hours. 
Pretty impressive. Yeah. How many songs within 24 hours on YouTube that music video went viral? But what did he do up to, up to that point, dude? All the underground raps, all the concerts that probably nobody showed up to, all the mixtapes that he did, everything he had recorded up until that point, all the connections he had made up until that point, right. all the times it was hard before he even met Kanye or met anybody or did anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, legit. Kid Cudi had all of that growth, but people heard day and night, and then, oh, he's the overnight success. Yes, that was his preparation. Right. That was his big, you know, woo, aha moment. But that wasn't the thing. He didn't wake up the morning before and be like, oh, I'm going to be an overnight success, you know, tomorrow morning. Yeah. Like, I'll write one song. Just, it, it, you know, oh, I didn't make it. Did it make it? But people do that, dude. You know what I'm saying? And it When people get stuck in that microwave mentality, it's just... It's unhealthy because then you really start doing that with every aspect of your life. And then you kind of just become an arrogant kind of bastard. <laughs> and then you just kind of become really just not a pleasure to be around because right. the food's never, you know, hot enough, never comes out fast enough. Right. Everybody's in traffic. Nothing's ever good enough for you. In life. And it's, you're always that speed, that quick, that I want it now, now, now. Bruh, the things that are worth it in life, the things that really matter, they take a little bit more time. Yeah. And people need to remember that. And it doesn't mean it's going to take eons either. it's not well, i kid you not it's there's not. a season it's like you're they're firing they're firing mentality mentality right plant your seeds when you're going after the things that you want in life when you're chasing your dreams as you're taking the steps forward the resources are going to come right and yeah. as those resources come you're planting the seed and then you nurture those seeds and you Have water to. those seeds Have to. and then it starts to grow and your relationships start to grow and then so it's just whatever that season is right and, and everything it ha- has has a growth period everything does yep. and so as you're nurturing all your relationships and things are building you know and i can't tell you that it will happen in a month it could happen in two years exactly because everything has its own gestational period we'll just call it that yeah and so but if as long as you keep after it you keep you know and then when it's time to harvest it's time to harvest exactly and the harvest is going to be good it is right you gotta keep after it so look I want to cut it short there in the conversation because we could go all through Oh, it's true. You know it, absolutely. But I have this, we play this little game. Oh, what we got here? We have pod decks. So, Ooh. so these are just interesting interview questions that are outside of the ordinary. Ooh, I'm about it. What we got here? And so I'm all interested now. We got some sneaky stuff. I'm going to just sleep. shuffle them up a little bit. And it's going to be like hot ones. All of a sudden, Garrett's going to be like, and then you got to eat this spicy chicken wing and die. <laughs> <laughs> It's tradition here on the podcast. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. So what I want you to do is just pick three cards. I want that guy, this guy, and this one. Real quick, this would be awesome if it was a magic trick incorporated too. Just saying. It's not. <laughs> maybe, maybe if my son was here, he could figure that out. Right. So we have no idea what these questions I've, are. So. I've just drew them. I've never even seen these pod decks. So we're hoping so. for the best here. So you have to answer them, and I have to answer them. I'm hoping this is kind of like Cards Against Humanity, you know what I mean? <laughs> Less rank. Fair enough. All right, so first one. If you could be guaranteed one thing in life besides money, what would you want it to be? Mm, in life besides money, I would say... If you say world peace, I'm going to just... Oh, God. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, get you a, a Miss, Miss Universe... <laughs> That's a hard question. I would I would have to say because I money is a tool. As many things are in life, that's how I look at it. Yep. Um, I would say honestly, I would say 
total fulfillment and gratification. Okay. You know what I mean? Like literally to be able to feel totally fulfilled in everything, gratified in everything you venture in or do and just have that feeling of accomplishment, you'll you'll be able to do anything you want to. You know what I mean? If you have that already sense, you know what I mean, of that joy and you already have it, you know, in your mind, it's only a matter of time before you have it tangibly. You know, right. so I would say if I had that almost yeah, that kind of you know what I mean, just yeah, I guess that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, that makes that's good. I like it. So mine, I would say, um, is going to be, so I figured out the mindset piece. Well, although I practiced it unknowingly throughout my life, um, I've always been a positive cat, right? But yeah. I, um, I want my kids to, to, to know what I know. And obviously that's up to me to teach them, right? But yeah. I, I hope that they can just comprehend and, and really get into the fact that, you know, what goes on here, what, if you see it here, you can hold it here. Yeah. And I just, that's, I want that. If I could, if I could guarantee that they would, they would have that, they would aspect. figure that out, yeah. that they would just live their life. Like we were, like we've been talking about today, just chasing those dreams, dream yeah. big. And don't let people tell you not to dream because I mean, whoever decided, you know, when we were kids to say, Stop living in dreamland. Uh, just, I wish I could just slap him. Because oh, right. <laughs> to this day, man, when people say that, I almost smacked my grandpa at Christmas dinner. I kid you not, because he was saying some ignorant stuff. And I was just like, bro, you live in a tiny box. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, you got to dream bigger. It's like that line in Inception. You know, he pulls out the giant cannon. The dude's like, got to dream bigger, mate. And pulls a bigger one. And it's just like, you got to dream bigger. Like, you got to bigger, bro. Yes, definitely. So that's, yeah, that's what I just, I dig it. I like it. It's good. All right, next. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ever been given? Ooh. Don't go to bed angry. Oh, okay. Don't ever go to bed angry. Doesn't matter if you're alone. Doesn't matter if you're married with a spouse. Never go to bed upset because if things weren't solved that night, they're not going to be solved in the morning when you wake up. Okay. You already got too many things to worry about, and the day's already moving and grooving. Sure. You, if you're married and it's an issue, you're fighting, you're arguing, whatever, stay up late, stay up till 2, 3 a.m., talk it out, figure out what's going on, get to a resolve, get to a resolution, go to sleep with a smile on your face. Yeah. Wake up feeling good that you have laid to rest the issue, you've remedied it, Right. you no longer have that itching because, again... Conscious mind is powerful. Subconscious mind is more powerful. Right. And if you go to bed angry, that subconscious mind is now at work for about six to eight hours, yes. and it can do some damage. Yep, it's I'm true. just going to be honest. And if you're single, again, if you're mad at yourself, mad at the day, mad at your own whatever before you go to bed, I mean, I'm not trying to promote, you know, alcoholism or anything, but take a drink. Relax a little bit. Watch your favorite movie. Hit up a friend. Call somebody. Just hear, hear another person's voice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do some art. Again, with that imagination being creative, do something that kind of brings you joy right. if you're single. Don't go to bed angry. Don't do it. That's the best advice I've probably yeah, ever been given is don't go to bed upset. That's a good one. So I can't use that one because you just did. So I'll, I'll use this one. Snagged it. <laughs> my dad used to always tell me, always, always have options. And I always took that as things to fall back on, right? Yeah. So if, if this doesn't work out, at least I have this to fall back on. But the older the, the older I get, the more I realize that you can have options and not give up on your ultimate goal, right? Yeah. So Absolute, that, absolutely. you can change the path, 
but keep the destination the same. So always have different options to get to the same place. Like all rivers lead to the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> so that was to me was the best thing because it helps to pivot, right? That's, yeah. that, that's the million dollar word nowadays is to pivot. When you're going for something and it doesn't work, you know, pivot. Yeah. We'll slide you. Adjust, dude. Yeah. Adjust, man. Adjust and adapt, like for real. It's exactly. so true. So that would be mine. I got a chuckle out of them. This is going to be a good one. Just because I don't know how I'm going to answer this. Ooh, All right, so okay. what do you consider the most overrated virtue? Like, we talked in, like, golden root type virtue, like, you know, just kind of like ethical code type virtue. What are we talking about? I do. It doesn't say. So Own determination. Know. Okay, here we go. You know, this is like multiple choice questions in school, you know, where they just give you that vague ass question, <laughs> vague ass answers. Fill in one of these. You're like, they all could work. Yeah. Alright, so repeat it one more time just so I make sure I got it. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? <sighs> hmm. The most overrated virtue. I would say is we can't have this much silence. I'll give mine. Why you say it? I'm thinking, bro. So I'm gonna say patience, right? Because yeah. everybody says patience is a virtue, and I do agree that there should be amount of patience. We just talked about a microwave society, right? And so we should have a certain amount of patience. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna adjust a little bit I'm gonna pivot and say that just because you should have patience in obtaining something doesn't mean you should have patience in going after something true so I believe in, in acting quickly and then taking action taking action you got so. to no that's a good one I feel that honestly for me as I'm trying to you know think of all the nonsense phrases my parents would say to me growing <laughs> up you know and all this other kind of stuff too and everything else is really the I hate the you know money is happiness yeah. I just hate that whole line and I hate the, the the condescending you know aspect of it too and don't get me wrong money's great like I said it's a tool you mm -hmm. know what I mean but if your happiness is focused around money you are so lost, my friend. Mm -hmm. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never get enough to scratch that itch. And you'll always be worried about losing it and never having it again. I, You got to find your happiness in something else. Bigger and more powerful. Yeah. For me, I choose my relationship with God. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, I just... The, the old phrase, the, you know, money is happiness, you know, money is the key to happiness, you know, or what would you rather have, you know, or money, you know, and most people choose money route because, again, it's the quick, it's the easiest, I can do stuff, which don't get me wrong, you can, yeah. yep. but money is happiness, or you need money to be happy, or, you know, any of those type of things, it's not, and if you make getting money or accumulating money what makes you happy, it's a rough life, like, that's, that's a hard one to live, bro, because... Again, you're always worried. You're gonna always be worried about losing it, overspending it, not having enough. Where's the next one gonna come from? I gotta make more. I gotta get more. You become a titan of industry. You know, it just, yeah. there's it just it's not healthy. You know what I mean? And then two, you're not really happy, and you've missed out on a lot of life. Yeah. You've missed out on a lot of those relationships and those key ingredients that really make life you know worth living. So I would say that's probably it for virtue. I get, I get virtue is kind of a hard one, you know, to to, to go with, but. 
I would say I would say something kind of along those lines. Sidestep would be. Hmm. Nah, I'd say go along with those lines. I like uh, it. No, that's good. I think it works. Luke. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, my friend. It was a great conversation. Like I said, we could go all night. True. So Maybe true. We'll, we'll just do a part two sometime. Might have to. Might you have know. to. So tell us, uh, with co-creations, I'll put a link to y'all's uh, your, your Facebook page. Is there any last minute thoughts that you want to just toss out to the, just give me some words of wisdom. My words of wisdom here, here's my nugget of gold, take home for the road, is do something that brings joy into your life. Find something that brings joy into your life and focus on the relationships you have with people you love and don't let those go to waste because they're they matter and people people care about you more than you think you know what i mean and relationships are key you know i mean god created us to you know have fellowship and to co-create with a lot of people and kind of where my name co-creation kind of came from with what i'm doing too and you gotta just make it go out there do something shake things up live life a little bit more fun on the edge you know what i mean because if you don't who will yeah and you can wait to see somebody else on YouTube do it, or you can just go ahead and be the one. Mm -hmm. My life, I stopped waiting. I, just, I, I got tired of not being the one. And so I just want to start doing epic things, bro. That's just kind of how it rocks. And I encourage many people to pursue that as well, because again, you're your own limit. And what you tell yourself in your mind is what's going to either prevent you or propel you to the actual life that you want to live and have. Right. And that's about it, bro. Cool. Well, my always last little golden nugget is, and I say it every time and I mean it every time, is whenever you find yourself going against the flow, keep going that direction because that is where greatness is. Mm, I love it. All right. Peace.